You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 27. Hi, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, where we talk about comic books. Uh, iFanboy.com is a website that we here have started to uh, talk about comics and things that are going on in comics, and every week we do a Pick of the Week where we'll read a bunch of books, and then uh, one of us will write a review up of uh, the best book we read that week, and then we come here and we chat about it on the podcast for your downloadable enjoyment. Uh, I am Josh. I'm here with Connor. Hello. There he is. And Ron, who had the pick of the week this week, hey. take it away. All right, cool. Well, um, if, well, first off, I just—I mean, it's good to have you guys back. You guys were in London, and I actually, you guys came back earlier than I thought you were. I thought I was going to be doing the solo th- this weekend, but, but so it's good to have you. Sorry um, to disappoint you. Yeah, I know, a little disappointed. Wait uh, until you see what the jet lag kicked in, and if this is any better with us here. <laughs> right. Anyway, so... Um, so this week I only had uh, like five or six books, and they were all of the Marvel persuasion. Apparently something's going on in DC that that some big things going on, but I don't know anything about that. So <laughs> something about a year or something, I don't know. But um, so I only got I only got um, six books in total, and it was one of those weeks where I mean I don't know if you guys run into this, but like when I look when I look at the shipping list on Monday or Tuesday and plan my purchase, there's always one or two books that I I just have a feeling are going to be that's probably going to be my pick. You know, knowing what what the previous issue was, or what's coming, what storylines are coming up, or whatever. Um, so I kind of resigned myself to be prepared to pick either Annihilation Nova number one or Wolverine Origins number one, um, because Nova is one of my favorite characters, and it's fantastic that he's in a mini, in a book again, albeit a miniseries, but still, I'll take any rich writer that I can get. And um, Wolverine Origins number one, um, purely because of the genius of the Steve Dillon artwork. Um, so in my head, as I you know tackled my stack of books, I was like, all right, it's probably going to be those, you know. So let's just get through it and cut to the chase. And then Daredevil number eighty four happened. <laughs> oh, oh boy, did it! Oh boy, did it! And and I wrote in the in my review that really what made this um, as Josh types um, really what I dropped <laughs> I dropped something on my on my <laughs> really what made this um, what made this book so you know kind of kind of kick ass in my mind was the first three pages the scene in the very beginning mm-hmm. and now I mean the thing is unfortunately we're gonna have to I mean to really talk about this I have to spoil it so if you haven't read the book stop listening or skip ahead ten minutes or whatever yes. but, but in the first three pages of the book um, it's a prisoner transfer into the prison where Daredevil and Kingpin and Owl Hammer. and, and Hammerhead and all these other people are currently incarcerated in and there's a lot of suspense building up in the first page as to who the prisoner is, and it's Bullseye. Which was cool, very cool. Which was very cool. All, and All dressed up like Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Exactly, and he didn't even say a word or do anything, and it was just, it wasn't even so much that, like, it was like, it was, it was like the potential of, like, oh god, now Bullseye's here. Like, what, right. you know, like, like what, what else could happen? So that that was pretty good, and and then the the meat of the book was you know Daredevil you know facing off with Hammerhead and and the whole act that he puts up that he's just a blind man and he's incapable of doing you know anything and people are just popping in the hospital in the in the prison nonstop because he's you know fighting injustice trying to find Foggy's killers and um did, did you one of the things that was really nice too is in in that whole time where he's playing his his role 
Yeah. Like there's this current of fear that just goes through everybody. There's this yeah. really subtle like everyone is totally afraid of him now. Yep. And they know it but nobody says it and he says specifically he's like I don't care if they know. Right. As long as they can't prove it. And it's yeah, and it's he's, just, he's using his legal mind to say, you know, that if they can't prove it, then it doesn't matter. You know, and like the, even even when he has to sneak across the cell blocks and there are cameras and he knows this, he just, you know, puts a bandana on over his head to hide his, you know, and like, and if he moves quick enough, they won't be able to prove that it's him, you know. So. It's a very Daredevil-like bandana, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the bandana from the Hulk movie that Daredevil was in. It looks like the bandana when Wolverine went all crazy in the onslaught in late 90s when he went feral and for some reason just tied a red bandana around his head as his mask. I don't, never understood that, but um, I, you know, I was waiting for him to just to draw like a D on his wife beater, but he didn't do that. So anyway, um, but so so the, he does the, pop out of his cell really simply. Goes slipping out of the cell isn't much harder. Yeah, like I don't, and they didn't explain <laughs> they that. Yeah, I know. He's like he's just outside of it. I was like, isn't that the hardest part? It's like, did he slip through the bars? Like, what did he do? Anyway, but um. But and it's just interesting, like again, and like it's funny because one of the things is because all all three of us are big fans of the HBO series Oz, you know, the prison drama. And one of the things that that I always wondered, as like I I, I was kind of late to the um, late to the party in that one. But one thing I was kind of wondered is like how these prisoners just had free reign at this prison, how they just walked around wherever they want. They're like in stairwells and doing, you know. And this kind of takes that as well, where everybody knows how to get around the cell blocks and how to get around the 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 the, the hacks, and it's just you know, it's interesting. So. Um, I, 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 there must be plot devices just to let yeah, them do that. That's what I always sort of suspension of suspension of disbelief, suspension of belief. Yeah. But um, so yeah, all in all, it was a good issue. The bullseye thing was was um, was good, but that kind of built up to the to the to the last two pages, which and we were talking about it in the com- in the comments on the pick of the week. That you know sometimes a comic book reaches out and kind of punches you in the face or right. kicks, kicks you in the nuts, and having bullseye at the very beginning set up set this up. But then at the very end, to see this kind of dark-haired, kind of menacing guy... Did you know who it was before you flipped the page? No, I didn't. I, didn't. I, I, I went, I think that might be... Oh, it no, is. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, okay, this guy, you know, whatever. And he sees... And then he's reading in the front pages, you know, Rampage at Rikers, is Murdoch a madman, you know, the Daily Bugle condemning him again. And he's in this diner, and he sees a woman being mugged. And then you just flip to the, to the next page, and you see him take down the mugger, and then a cop... Cops pull up and they pull a gun on him, and he just says, "I surrender, take me away." And his jacket opens up, and it's the Punisher. <laughs> it's just like, and I remember like when like I and the thing was I I remember slowly scanning down the page, and when I saw the skull, I was just like, "Oh damn!" I was like, <laughs> and just like the idea of Daredevil and the Punisher in the prison together. And bullseye, and like it's going to be mad. It's going to be mayhem. Like, and and I would never have even thought about that. Like, what a great device to use, you know, to like give him an ally now in prison, you know. And the like the little, and you see in the last panel, like you, like it's hard to tell what Lark's art, but do you see like a slight suppressed grin on the Punisher? Yeah, yeah. You want him there? Yeah. As as the um as the cop freaks out and calls for backup, because <laughs> the cop is like, oh god, oh, you know. <laughs> so um so yeah so this is one of those things I was reading and I thought. I kind of miss the time when not every popular character had his own title. Yeah. Be- because, I mean, you read Punisher monthly still, right? Uh, I dropped it, actually. Right. See, and to me, this is so much more powerful having not seen him in a while. Like, have if, if it's one of those characters people love, but he pops up in books every once in a while, yeah. for a year or two or something like that, that, like, seems to really, like, make the impact a lot greater. And I, I know that he's running around in his other book right now and doing whatever, but this to me felt like old Punisher. Right. Like, the one from the Spider-Man books and the Daredevil books where he... Sort of would just show up every once in a while, and whenever he did, you just go, "Oh shit!" Well, that's what they did all a few up. years ago. They had to do it with the Joker. He was showing up too much, and they they, they had a 
they got rid of him for a year. He didn't show up on a story for a year. So when he did show up, it was it was actually scary as opposed to if he's there every month. Right. The impact is much greater this way. Have you noticed on the cover of this of this issue, by the way, there's a guy who who clearly has Daredevil's hair. I guess that's the owl, but on the cover, you mean Wolverine's, Wolverine's hair? hair? Did I say Daredevil? Yeah, I did mean Wolverine. That's yeah, well, the that, owl, that's yeah. that's the one thing about the owl is that he's got the Wolverine cut. He's had it through his the whole thing. So um, ridiculous. And and I keep saying that these painted covers. Uh, uh, I still think Murdoch looks like Ben Yurick on these covers. <laughs> like it doesn't look that. like Murdoch, you know. Like it's anyway. But whatever. He wear those glasses. That's the red glass. He's got to wear the red glasses. But um, yeah, but those are like huge hairy carry glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moon was made of Swiss cheese. Would you eat it? Anyway, um, <laughs> I would. <laughs> so, um, no, but so it, this just blew me away, and it blew. And the thing is, is that like Nova was good, but it's the first issue, and and there wasn't a, you know there was a ton of action, but it wasn't like you know earth shattering. And Wolverine Origins, while Dylan's art was awesome, and I really liked Dylan's Wolverine because it reminds me a lot of like the the early eighties, mid eighties Wolverine. Um, Why would we need another origins book? Well, yeah, that's the thing is that I could care less about this origin crap. Like I just like I liked it better when I didn't know his origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I liked the, I liked the mystery a lot better. But what so. is the premise of the book? I don't. He's uh, he's got his memory back, and now he's trying to get to the bottom of the Weapon X thing, and he broke into the White House, and blah blah blah. Uh, so, yeah, it's all Weapon X again, and it's just like you know whatever. So um, yeah, so that was that that was my week, and also New Avengers came out, which I actually. Um, uh, to, you know, full disclosure, I missed when I bought my books on Wednesday and had to go back on Thursday to pick it up, but I wouldn't have rescinded my pick. So, um, uh, and New Avengers w- was good, and and it's propelling the, it's it's good. It, I think it's good how New Avengers is the is the tying in the whole House of M event into the next you know Civil War event. I, I like how that's that's kind of you know it's not setting the stage, but it's being the linchpin between the two kind of storylines. Um, and I really like the, t- the twist that not I don't know if it's a twist, but the plot device at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, where they figured out why you know this big you know unstoppable force that they've been fighting, um, who you know how how he has his powers. It was a quite classic sort of action-packed everybody all in Avengers yeah. issue. I mean, which is which is funny because many of the you know complaints sort of uh, held against Bendis is that he's talky and it's silly and it's not what. It, but this is a full-on. This to me feels all cosmicy and George Perez and you know. Yeah, I mean there was there was a couple pages panels. where there was a couple pages where there was hardly any words. Yeah, none at all. A lot of them. Yeah, so it was um, fun. It was it was good to read, and it it felt real and big stakes, and like you know, there's that. I think it's a few pages in. There's one just there's a. It says Cleveland, and it's just the city going all to hell with this giant man who doesn't remind me anything of Doctor Manhattan um, <laughs> from The Watchmen. Um, you know, and everybody's just getting their butts handed to him. Um, it's fun. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. Uh, so um, is that all your books? Yeah, that was all. You know, like I said, I only got six, so it wasn't. I you know, I actually had more than you this week. Wow, that never happens. Crazy. Did uh, did you pick up the uh, Ex Machina special? No, wasn't it a reprint? No. I don't oh, know. It's, well, a, it's a standalone story from pre Mare days. Oh, I thought uh, it was when a he reprint. was the Great Machine. Oh, maybe I'll and pick it's it up got next week. Beautiful art by Chris Sprouse. Who pretty much, if I hadn't looked, I would think it was the same artist, Tony. Ha- I think it's I f- no, I can't remember. Tony Harris? No. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, great art. Uh, it just in keeping with the whole thing. It's just a story from him back before uh, he was the mayor. It's fun. It looks like the is a one of two issues. Um, recommended. Yeah, it's and, good. And uh, I picked up Fury Peacemaker by uh, Ennis and Robertson, uh, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, which is about Nick Fury in World War Two. Um, basically just one of his war stories that happens to feature a guy named Nick Fury, 
but um, really good. It's getting much. It's getting better. The first two were really good, and the third one, it's it's a, it's just a fun World War II story, um, you know, about black ops going on in World War II and this kick-ass soldier, um, Nick Fury. Uh, beautiful, beautiful art by Derek Robertson, who's always been a favorite of mine. Uh, Connor, did you read Robin? Yes. I'm really into this. Uh, it's good. I mean, that's, it, it's usually me alone. Yeah, well, no, I mean, like, and I haven't, I've read, you know, I read it when Chuck Dixon was on it, and then I kind of mm. lost interest in whatever, but it's, like, it's it's a fun little caper, and he's, like, on his own, and you're you're pulling for the little guy, you know, and there's mystery and intrigue going on, and really nice art uh, by Freddie E. Williams II. Yeah, it is good. It is really good art. Uh, fun stuff. So I, I'd recommend that if you're looking for, like, sort of a new fun, you know, DC book or superhero book to read. Uh, eh, that's about the, that's about my highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Josh and I are a little mentally def- deficient. Uh, from your trip? From jet lag. Yeah. I would say that I had to go to a different comic store this week because uh, I just was too tired to go to my regular one, and there's a new one in my neighborhood. And they didn't have a lot of the books I normally buy, so my, my load was, was was smaller this week. It's disappointing. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've got us on a real low note here. <laughs> bringing it down, bringing it down. The funny thing about Daredevil was I, I had read obviously the pick of the week review and the, the comments before read, reading the book. Oh, I still. Well, I, I couldn't I help it, and um, as I read the book, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is pretty good. I mean, it's not so. I mean, it's, it's not like blowing me away or anything. I mean, admittedly, it's better when but, you don't know it. But then I got to the last few pages and I went, oh. Yeah, exactly. And then he got kicked in the nuts. And he oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you're there, you're there, clutching onto the table, trying yes. to breathe. Yes. <sighs> Just <laughs> exhaling. <laughs> Somebody on the website said something perfectly. How much more gasoline can Rebecca pour on before? Yeah, I know. That's the match, and it's, it's a lot of gasoline at this point. Yeah, that's he's digging himself a pretty big hole. Yeah. I mean, like he could. I mean, and I trust him implicitly, but you know, at the end of it, you know, he's going to have to really produce. He's built up the story, which is you know, which is good. But now, now he's got to, you know. Comic book people t- typically have had a problem with ending it. Right, they're really good at throwing stuff on the fire and then. So. Well, I, I think I think there's the wild card, which is which is barely mentioned in this issue, is that whoever this other daredevil is. True. And and so like I you know as much as you know like because the thing is you think about it like how can Matt Murdock ever go back to being daredevil, and so I I. You know, and I'm sure whatever Brubaker has planned is going to be great or whatever. But you know, like, part of me is just like, oh, I hope it's not like we got Daredevil 2.0 now, and that this new person is going to be in Murdoch is behind the scenes, kind of you know, playing Professor Xavier, telling him what to do, and helping him out, and doing the legal angle. You know, so I mean, I don't, I know. don't think that'll happen. Not yeah, that, I hope I not. Mean, but but that, that's how do you answer? Con- how, I mean, how how would you answer the question? How can Dare- Murdoch go back to being Daredevil? Like. Well, like I don't I mean, see a re- I don't see how we can make a resolution that what we want to see, you know. So that's why I think I'm even more in- enthused. If I were, if I were in charge, I would just do it. <laughs> like literally, like these are all great stories and it was fun, but you know, at the end of the day, just get him back into the into the costume in Hell's Kitchen and sort of make it, you know, start it over again. Not not really retcon it, but just say, okay, that stuff all happened and it blew away over, and just sort of gloss over that. Yeah. Because really, well, at the end of the day, you're just getting good stories. Who cares? I got a great idea. What they should do is they should wrap up all this Rikers Island stuff, and then they should skip a year. And <laughs> Matt Murdock's Daredevil. But you, don't, you don't know how or what happened. I think that would be a great idea. And he could also be mayor. I think what could happen is Ooh, somebody could break his back, and then a French guy who has a bit too much of a temper could come in there yeah. and take over for a while, and then and then Murdock's got to take him down. He could and die. Then he there becomes... Could be... There could be four other Daredevils that show up. One's, one is his clone. 
One is a robot. One is like Ben Yurik, <laughs> and then uh, one's a robot. One's an alien. And then... <laughs> or he could get like this, this like ultimate like cosmic power and go destroy a planet, and then and then him and Cyclops make out, and then and then he and then he kills himself. And but then he comes back a year later and proceeds to do that every three years. <laughs> Talk about a crazy girlfriend. <laughs> I know. Uh, poor Scotty. Anyway. <laughs> oh boy. It's no wonder he's such a killjoy. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's dying inside. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up this week. Um, but you guys were in London. So did you get to go to a comic store or anything, or did you see comics at all? We uh, we we managed to hit a couple. Um, we ran across. We went after one on purpose, and we we ran across another one by accident. Uh, by accident. Um, <laughs> Uh, somebody had mentioned on the site, because uh, I managed to check in just for a couple of seconds uh, here and there, and somebody had mentioned on the site to go by Forbidden Planet, um, which I, which is the big famous comic shop in London. I believe there was one in New York. There is still one in New York. There is yeah. still, but it's... New it's, York, or...? Uh, there used to be. I think there's only the one now. Uh, is, is it any... Like, it's not as... It's not... No. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's not as comparable as the one in That's the one down by Union Square, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm trying to be nice. The one so in anyway. London is... Uh, Huge. Don't try to be nice. <laughs> it, it is. It's big and impressive, and it's a, uh, like, it's two floors. Uh, you get in the upper part, and it's all sort of toys and statues and collectibles and things like that for pretty much anything. Yeah, and were the exchange rate not in such a way that everything cost me three times as much as it should have at home, uh, you know, I, I would have been hard-pressed to not buy anything there. Um, and then you go downstairs, and it's a... Uh, it's got a really nicely organized uh, comic section, um, and then they've got books and DVDs and movies. It's like a full-on nerd nerdgasm warehouse, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it was it was overwhelming almost. Um, but we were there on a what was it? Tis it was Tuesday. No, no, it wasn't. What Wednesday. day is today? <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> uh, it was. It was like. It was not a New Comics Day, maybe. Uh, and, and well, is is New Comics Day in London, in England, the same as New Comics Day here? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Somebody tell us. I don't think that's possible. It might be overnight no. shipping, and I guess. Oh, really, really too much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the thought we did have is that it's a really nice place to go browse, but uh, I'd hate to go there on New Comics Day. True. I mean, you'd be you'd be jostling around, throwing elbows, you know. It's one of those kind of places where there would just be so many people there, which I think, you know, is sort of like I guess if you go to Hanley's, or if you are out here, um, and I'm sorry for everybody who we just keep bringing up New York and LA, but it's what we know. And but there are also touchstones that a lot of people have been to if they've ever been to these places. But like here or here, you have uh, Golden Apple Comics in LA, which is you know I used to go there for my for my weekly books when I first got here, and it's a nightmare. Like it's just people everywhere because it's like one of the most famous and biggest shops in in the country. Uh, and there, I felt like the same thing. <clears throat> but uh, we also did manage to run across this uh, this shop called either Gosh or Gosh Gosh. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> it's one of the two. Gosh. We saw we saw something that I haven't seen in many 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 years. Pogs. <laughs> Con- Connor, what did we see? Well, it's you first saw of all, Pogs, it's, didn't you? They were Pogs. <laughs> it's <laughs> a cool Allen little store. Pog. The the most striking thing before we went in was none of the window displays included any superhero books. Interesting. And when you walked straight in, the first wall you saw was all indie stuff. To the right was superhero stuff. To the left... It it wasn't just indie stuff, but it was like, you know, Alan Moore stuff and like just sort of adult contemporary comics that, uh, you know, uh, you'd hear about NPR. Interesting. (laughs) 
Um, and then as you turn to the right, there's the superhero trades and things like that. Go on. Well, we went down. This is also two floors, but in a much, 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 much smaller scale. We went downstairs to see what was down there, and um, and there's there the porn. There was, Expecting well, but, to see the porn. Right. Maybe not looking for the porn, but hoping maybe. <laughs> and uh, not hoping, but there was a mother and two little boys, and the two little boys were going crazy over the back issues, trying to get the mother to buy them all kinds of stuff. Oh wow. They were they were hunting through the bins, like days by gone by, like digging for gold. Oh, mummy, Superman fifty two. Can I have this fifty p? It was great. <laughs> it, like they were really excited, and they were like kept making these big little stacks of books that they were getting for a bargain. Oh, that's awesome. You know? Josh yeah, and I was... kept elbowing each other, and we we hung around just to listen to him some more because it was really. Uh... Because you don't, you don't ever see, yeah, you don't ever see that anymore, and and hopefully they didn't pick up horrible issues from the mid '80s that made no sense. Don't buy that one. <laughs> I know. I was kind of like, we could nudge them, or, you know, in the direction, and then I thought, you know, that's probably not. <laughs> cool. But uh, I mean, it, it was very cool, and it was sort of like, oh look, there's a little bit of hope. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But it was a nice, really clean little shop. It was a really good uh, store. I would totally go to that store if I lived there. Yep. Yep. All right, so if they're listening, we like you. It yes. was called Gosh or Gosh Gosh. Why? Why? Why don't you know? Because the the um, the front of the store had a sign that said Gosh Gosh, but there was two different signs. It was hard to tell, really. It was bisected by another sign, so I wasn't sure if it was just advertising to two different areas or not. It's one or the other. It's right down the block from the British Museum. If anybody's mm-hmm. in the area near near Russell Square. All right. Well, so there you go. If you're on vacation in London, or if you live in London. Go check out Gosh, gosh or possibly Gosh Gosh. So. <laughs> Crikey. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh, nice use of vernacular. Yeah. All right. So um, while you guys were gone, um, we got a, we actually got a, a lot of mail this week, and, and it was tough deciding which ones to do on the podcast, and we're going to do more than we usually do because there were so many good questions. So um, let's dive right in. Um, Steve, um, who tends to write in a lot, and we appreciate that. Um, he's had two questions, and um, and see if you can understand why I like these two questions. Um, his first question is um, that he, he admits we may or may not want to answer, which is a great way to start. <laughs> um, his wife, who he can only get to read Runaways and Trade, which is, hey, you, you, do, what you, you do what you can, Steve. Um, she's constantly pointing out that comics can never be taken seriously until the art is not filled with Pamela Anderson wannabes and the pencilers or colorists stop sticking in nipples all the time. He's beginning to agree with her, so his question is, what do we think? When does it all become adolescent and childish to the point where it detract, detracts from the story? And I agree with Steve. I do not want to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> He's so um, prescient. I, I don't really see it anymore. I mean, I don't. I don't really read anything that has got lots of nipple. I mean, like, I, you know, like, I don't really I, I, notice it anymore. I don't know if I'm desensitized, but I think like, you are. Well, like, well, for example, like, I, I, I Superman, Spi- I'm sorry, Spider Woman Origin came out this week, and it was by the Luna Brothers, and she's prominently in it, and there's not a nipple to be found, and she looks fairly realistic, and not real, I mean, but like not overly done, you know. So that's why that's why I don't know that I'm desensitized, or is it really not as prevalent as we think? Well, well on the one hand, everybody's bodies are hyper realized, men yeah. and women. It's just that yeah. the women tend to be walking around in skimpier outfits, but the, I mean, the men's bodies are no more realistic than the women's bodies. Like, look at the shot of the Century when he the Century appears in New Avengers. Look at like, yeah. like is that anatomically correct, Diodato? I don't think so. You know, yeah. So but on the other hand, it is. I mean, it is. A, you're talking about an, an industry dominated by males, so right. the women obviously become a 
more well, I, I think my, life. my my point more is 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 not that it doesn't exist, but I don't think I buy into the ones that do that anymore. You know, does that make sense, or is that just yeah? Excuse? No, it totally yeah. does. Although you know, when Frank Cho draws a book, I'm on it. So um, right, but but I'm on it because he's good, not because he draws boobs. True. Yeah. Uh, but I think the other thing that's coming across here is if the only thing you can get her to read is Runaways, yeah. my guess is uh, you see, you're coming from a smaller pool than I would. Because right. I've gotten my wife uh, who, to read all sorts of books, uh, but they're not Marvel ones. Right. So, I mean, if depending on – if you if you want like to see stuff where you can take the industry seriously and the art form seriously, there is no shortage of non-sexist stuff out there. Right, and it depends uh, on the content too. I mean, like is Birds of Prey nipply? I don't know. It, uh, Ed Bennis is drawing it, yes. Oh, well then, that's too bad. But, you know, <laughs> if you if you, if you you come outside of that a little bit, I, I know that the books that, that my wife reads are uh, Why the Last Man, which does have a lot of boobs in it, but it's drawn by a woman. <laughs> right, and um, they're, they're not overly voluptuous, and there are nipples when there need to be. and like that's Yeah, I, I mean, so. it's just sort of nudity as it occurs. Well, we're crossing uh, a line here, aren't we? Nah, so, nah, nah. Uh, another only, another nipple, book nipple, that, I, that, that she loves is... Uh, <laughs> nipple. Is uh, box office poison <laughs> vagina? Um, box office uh, poison also has lots of nudity. It has lots yeah. of nudity, but I, I've always made the point that it's realistic nudity. Like the people are lumpy, and you know, like it's what people look like when they're naked, actually, in a form of cartoons. Um, it, but there's just there's all sorts of books out there, and I think we've touched on them in these in these podcasts uh, that that you can get people. Like if you get people to read that that don't normally read comics and want to take them seriously, try Andy Watson books from Oni, yeah. Slow Newsday, or, or Breakfast Afternoon. You know. That that's that's art. That's serious art. His or, recent series, Little Star or Love Fights. Is that good? Are, Have you been reading that? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love it. It's over, uh, I think, but it's good. It was I want to pick that up. Um, there's just all sorts of things out there that that you can use to, you know, if you really want to say how you can take comic books seriously, there's not a, there's not a better book to read than Mouse. Yeah. Or uh, you know, there's just tons of stuff I'm, like that. I mean, basically, is that is that I think that is I think you're right. Is that there's all sorts of stuff, and it's a lot easier to point out the bad than the good. And so in, I, in superheroes. It probably is more relevant that the that the sex appeal on, on the characters is is ratcheted up. Yeah, yeah, fair. So in a complete 180, his second question, um, <laughs> just from it, the other side of the from point. the other side of things, we have you know one side we have a very kind of adult, kind of mature, you know, intellectual kind of not that this question isn't intellectual, but you'll see what I mean. He asks if the Juggernaut was still in possession of the Crimson Gem of Satorak, couldn't he totally kick Superman's ass? Since one, he has to be comparable in power, and two, his powers are magic based. What is, um, this, what is this gem business? Basically, what happened? Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that Juggernaut is not a is not a mutant. He found this magical gem that ala- that gave him the power to turn into the Juggernaut, and mm-hmm. that's where that's how he gets the power of the Juggernaut. So his powers are magic based. So and, is like, he the only non mutant X Men? Um, no, there have been others. There have been through, throughout history. There have been other people like the the cop. Um, what's her name? Stevie or whatever. Like there there have been people who um, no Charlotte Jones. I mean. Um, there have been people who have been official on official X Men. Although Juggernaut has never really been, in, he's been in the book, and he's now part of Excalibur. But I, I don't know. Don't get me started into it. But um, so his power, his powers are indeed magic based, and whether he's comparable in power, I mean, I don't know enough about Superman to know. I mean, Connor, this is almost be- a better question for you. Well, I don't know enough about Juggernaut, so what it impasse. But if his powers are indeed, powers are indeed magic based, then, then probably yeah, he could. But I, but the thing is, is that Superman. I mean, nothing. Can, basically, nothing can stop the Juggernaut. And he's strong, but mm-hmm. like Superman can just fly and leave. That's like, true. I, I would imagine Superman just just laugh and be like, "See you later," you know. And and, and true, or he could pick him up and throw him into space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I would say Superman would win. Unfortunately, I so. think the flight would do it. But I mean, the magic is Superman's super- only weakness. Besides, right? But how is it that like he he comes up he comes upon magic and he just c- c- falls to the floor like kryptonite? 
No, but if you had like a magic knife, you could cut him with it. Right, but he but he's just like so his punch. So Superman might feel his punches because they're magic based. Right, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they would they would deca- decapitate him. No. Right. No, I, I would think simply for the flying aspect, he would he would win because he could find a way yeah. around him and just pick him up and throw him into the sun. Right. He's got Batman in his corner too. Okay, so that was Steve's question. Um, we got an email from um, Simon or Simone um, uh, from Colombia, actually, uh, in South America, which is awesome. Um, he's a he's way a to fa- live in a place. <laughs> he's um he's a faithful listener and um he hasn't gotten the increasing quote unquote annoyance factor that has made him unsubscribe from other comic podcasts. So give for it, that, give we thank time. you very much. Yeah, give it time, exactly. <laughs> give it time. Um, more episodes, we'll be there. So he's got a couple of questions. The main reason he's asking, which we'll probably follow up, Simon, with you over email, is that he's coming to the States and going to be in D.C. and New York in May, and he wants to go to a comic store to um, get some money, so of course he wants to know where to go. Um, and and we'll follow up with you with some with some addresses and things like that. But he also wanted to know, which is a good question, he said, not being used to the U.S. comic market, being somewhat ignorant about the differences between TPB, hardcovers, hardback, slipcases, oversized, omnibus, digest, blah, 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 could we suggest what would be the smartest choice in his situation? What should he look for in terms of price, value, number of issues collected, discounts, etc.? Um, and what store should he take a look at for? Um, Boy, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in there. Well, I think it boils down to how much money you have and how much you want to spend. I mean, the thing is, is that we, like, could, I, we could give you thousands and thousands of dollars of suggestions. Right. Like, if, if you're looking to build out your library, any of those beautiful, absolute hardcover editions from DC, like Watchmen and Crisis and stuff like that that they put out are awesome. And the Marvel Omnibus series, like they did for Alias. And I think, and, and I think Kirkman did one for Invincible, too, actually. Yeah, and Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm walking dead. Like they're just beautiful, but they're expensive, you know. So, I mean, what I tend to do is when I look for trades, is I look to see how much I'm, you know, how much bang for my buck. You know, I try to get thick ones and and the kind of landmark storylines that I want. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it all depends. There's too many factors to really narrow it down. Right. Um, From the area of practicality, keep in mind that books are heavy and they add up. You got to take this luggage back. Yeah. Something you might want to think about. They might want to order them. And just I mean, shipping. like literally, like it's always fun to go into shops now, and I, I, lo- I really hate to say this, but like, it's it's hard to beat like ordering stuff from, you know, Amazon or wherever if you want to go for value and and sort of convenience. And you find that if you go on, like we, I think Connor and I were finding, we were all in all these great shops overseas. But really, while it would have been fun to go shopping. It would have been like way more expensive and a pain in the ass to bring everything back. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I just, how ma- I, I just took the total fun out of your trip. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how many, how many stores there are in Colombia, so it sounds like he's pretty prepared to to get his that, stuff. That could be true. On on a on a side note, I did pick up the Marvel Essentials uh, Nova uh, Nova the Human Rocket um, big <laughs> thick black and white reprints from the seventies, and it's fantastic. Um, although I would, I wish that it wasn't in black and white. I wish it was. Well, that was my next question: is how yeah. do you feel about the black and white aspect? Of yeah, it? no. I mean, the thing is, the art is still good. I mean, it's 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 still it's still readable. I mean, it's not like I'm missing out. Of, I mean, I guess I'm not missing out on anything. I guess, and back then those were colored really poorly and all that kind of stuff. But I I I I, I don't mind the black and white as much as I I dislike the newsprint. You know, like the cheap stock. So anyway, well, um, I'd less... say. Go ahead. What. I'd oh, just ahead, say for, for the for the for the sake of of if if it was me, what I would do is, and I've done this when I would go to New York City or whatever with you guys. I tend to buy a lot of trade paperbacks. Yeah, um, that's you know like, and I, for some reason when I would go like comic shopping with you guys, I always tended to buy like uh, historically significant stories that I'd never read. Like I would buy you know Justice League by Keith Giffen and, and Dimitrius. You know like that one. What's that called? Justice League. Justice League. It's just Justice League, right? Like I bought that, and I bought like. <laughs> 
I ended up starting things like I'd buy the first couple preacher books or like you know just things like that. I I go and like when I go into other stores that had a bunch of stuff that my regular comic shops didn't normally stock. I would just sort of go nuts and. and yeah. I, I usually, I mean, I buy trades when I have to fly because it's just to read on the plane. I mean, that's that's how that's been my like. I don't have a reason to buy a trade unless I need something to read on the plane. I want to read comics and I don't want to bring individual issues. So okay, I'll buy a trade. I've always been meet, like kind of like how you do, Josh. That I've always been meaning to get, you know. Right. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. He has a couple other questions. Um, he wants to know what's wrong with Word Balloon. Given the guy likes to suck up and say yes to everything, but he finds those interviews kind of informative, and I think he's he's referring to another podcast called Word Balloon, which I actually haven't listened to yet. I haven't either. Uh, I don't think we've said anything about Word Balloon, which is it's which has come up in conversation a lot. And I'm going to check it out. But, I am um, too. I think that the the nature of people talking to comic creators tends to be a little on the suck up kind of side. Well, especially if um, you're a fan. I mean, yeah. because if you're doing a podcast, you're probably just a fan. Right. And the fact that you've gotten these people to get come on, you're like. Wow, you're really grateful, and you want to be happy about it. You don't but... want to annoy them and piss them off, right? Yeah, and... you don't. You don't want to bring them on there and assault them. You don't want to be Bill O'Reilly. Well, although it would be, I mean, for those of you who who are in the New York metro area and know sports or whatever, and Connor will understand this. I mean, I think comics could use like a Mike and the Mad Dog who would do like a real hard interview and and well, call. Well, sure, they could absolutely. The problem, the nature of the business is though that. It's mostly fan-run stuff, and fans tend to not do that. Right. Yeah. But you know, but the thing is, is that it, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. You're, you're right. I mean, but it would be nice to see somebody call somebody out. That's all I'm saying. Well, if you had like a professionally run podcast or show that was professional, people got paid and it was a job, and right. Then you probably have a different outcome. And then it's part of the promotion. But, but the thing, but but the thing also is, is that like, and if you've listened to the Marvel podcast, which I ranted about this week, they often put their their press conference conference calls on, and even God, that's the, awful, by the way. And, and even the paid um, comic journalists or whatever kick kiss ass. Right. You know because they're I mean? all like, just fans. But yeah. it, it, it's also, I think, the nature of um, the comic industry and that they expect to be treated that way, and when they're not, uh, yeah. there's there's no expectation of. Uh, this piece is going to slam me. Everyone's going to kiss my ass. Is usually what the the idea is. Right. And you see when it doesn't happen that people get annoyed. Yeah. So who knows? Anyway, but um, so we'll check out Word Balloon and. But I I don't I really don't believe we've slammed them. Yet. No, I don't think I've, I, I, I've never. I fact, been, I've never heard of. This. In fact, the day before we got this email, I was looking at podcasts. I was like, let me try to find other ones. And I was like, oh, Word Balloon. Maybe I'll check this but one. Th- out. That's the other one that keeps coming up on the website. Is is yeah. one that people really like. Yeah. So. When they should be listening to us as opposed to anybody else. No. Over and over. Just, just kidding. Anyway, um, his his last question is: If the three of us walked through the siege perilous and woke up being the judges on American Idol, who do we think would become who? That's the best question ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I think we have to explain to Josh what the siege perilous is. Can you explain to me what American Idol is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't watch American Idol either. But I, don't, I don't. But that's in, a great question. In X Men, the, the Siege Perilous was a um, uh, collapsible extra dimensional gateway with mystical powers that basically it came out of the whole Captain Britain, multiple universe, Roma, Saturn, Merlin kind of world. I, I'm sorry. Can I just before you keep going? Now I, I ask this question a lot. Did you just pull that description? Collapsible extra dimensional parallel game. No, I'm, I'm reading out of Wikipedia. Okay, because right yeah. I would have been really impressed. Yeah, no, no, no. Basically, basically, if I had if I had to give my definition, it would be some sort of portal that opens up that you get sucked through, and it's mystic. And so, okay. Anyway, but apparently, what it does is it you pass through the siege perilous, and then there are some mystical judges who judge you, and then teleport you back to Earth and transform you, and 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 normally, like the the result is that you're naked. You have amnesia, and you've been transformed in some way. And in the in the X Men in the mid two hundreds, they 
systematically the entire team got sucked through the Siege Perilous, and there was a while where the X-Men were gone because they didn't, nobody knew where they dropped off, you know, and like, for example, Rogue woke up in the Savage Land and had to fight Ms. Marvel for her powers again, and, and I forgot where, I honestly forgot where everybody else ended up, but, um, the thing is, is that it doesn't change who you are, so <laughs> I don't think it would turn us into the American Idol judges, and honestly, I wouldn't want to be them, so... So I think we're just going to leave that question as it is. Unless you guys want to volunteer to be someone, on, to be Simon. Am I the jerky guy? I think Josh would have to be Simon. Oh. Yeah. I'd probably, uh, let's not even do this. <laughs> you, just, you know what, you know what yeah. he just did in his mind? He went, oh crap, I'm Paul Abdul. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, our next question comes from Jim, who is another um, uh, user on the site who we've seen before. Um he first off, I gotta take issue with Jim. Oh boy, I gotta take issue with Jim because, <laughs> as everyone knows, last week I wasn't able to be on the podcast, and he and says, is, "Isn't it good to have him back?" Says comment. Yes, it is. And he says, "Like a very fine wine or cheese, the podcast just gets better with age." Which okay, thank you. Even without Ron this week, who I am partial to because he seems to be much more Mar- Marvel based like me. Backhanded, yeah. Yeah, which is okay, cool, Jim. You and I were paisan. He goes, "The show still ruled." In fact, you may be stronger without him. <laughs> Jim, in the matter of two sentences, you tell me that you tell us that I'm your favorite, and then that they're better off without me. What's up with that? I kind, the way I kind of see it is like you know when you know a, a baseball player goes on the dis- disabled list and the team still wins without him. It's still a team effort, but you're glad when he's back. That's that's how I read it. So um, I was in Josh's room in between meetings at, in London, and we were checking our email, and we read that email. And we went, oh, <laughs> Jim. Jim of little faith. It's just it's very upset, and, and I was excited because I thought I was doing this by myself, and I was going to give Jim an all Ron podcast. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the iFanboy podcast. My name is Ron. This week I read five books. No, but <laughs> but um, but no. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so onto his question. Um, he's he was, wrong. He's wrong. By the way, we're not stronger without you. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, thank you. Thank you. His question was, is he was about to buy some boards and bags today, um, but since he already had $40 worth of books in his hands, he decided against it. He stopped to think how much he spends yearly, which at 15 to 20 books a week is about $90. On uh, boards and bags, I imagine? I guess. That's another 30 Yeah, I guess on boards and bags. 90 yeah. bucks a year. Yeah, 90 bucks a year. So that's another 30 bucks a year. And so he said, finally, the enigma. How do we store our books? He knows modern readers have been conditioned to preserve our comics because they could be worth millions someday, but he never plans on selling them or have the delusion that they're going to be worth much. So should he stop bagging and boarding his books or just boarding? I stopped doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you've got a scary tower of comics that scares me every time I see it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been diminished. I moved them off my shelf. But I, um, you know, for a while, I was like everybody else. I had all of my books in bags and boards, and I had them in the long boxes, and I just stacked them up. And um, I still put them in the boxes, but... A few years ago, I just stopped with the bags and boards. I mean, really, the only reason the only reason you ha- I had to put them in there was to keep them in condition to read later on. But I mean, there's no delusion of them ever being worth anything. So then I just eventually stopped putting the bags and boards all together. I still I still bag and board because I'm a creature of habit. I I've I've seen a steady degeneration of my sort of archival processes. Like early, like I would. I would bag and board and then tape them shut and then put them into alphabetical order. And then after a while, I stopped putting them in order and then I stopped taping them. But I've been lucky because the last for the last five years or so, the two stores that I've been to both give out free bags and boards. That's really cool. I wish my store did that. Yeah. So like, that makes it an easier choice for me. Yeah. If not, I'd, I don't know where I'd be. Now. I'd probably be along with Connor, especially if he's there, then I definitely would be. That's, yeah. that's my guess. But I can understand it. Like the, the instinct – 
even in a person like me who who just like I do not want anything to do with the the speculation of the whole thing, you know, I, the instinct is still there. Like, well, I just put it here. Yeah. Like, if I get a, if I if I'm I'm not a collector in that sense, but if I look at a book and I see like a crease in the cover, I'll pick up the one under it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just years of habit don't go anywhere that quickly. So get a store that gives you free bags and boards, and that'll take care of your problem. Yeah. Or or just keep you know, you know what, what's ninety dollars. Yeah, it's a drop in the hat. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I just I still do it just because I mean because they fit in the boxes better, and and I I've got this like whatever like bizarre fear of like a flood or something, and like the, like the ba- the bags would protect them, especially because since I don't tape them, but I don't I don't know. It'll 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 well if you don't tape them it won't at right. all. <laughs> yeah, you know anyway. you can fit more in the box. Though. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, about no, to say. I know, but still, eh, whatever. But they but they stand up with the board anyway. Whatever, who cares? So you do do what do what feels right to you, Jim. Um, so he and he had a PS question that leads into our next email. Um, and his PS question was: We really should have bought that. Um, we should have bought that copy of Fell Number Four. Ellis is the man, and he wants to know if he wrote a cowboy book. Would you read his stuff? And I don't read cowboy books, so I don't know, guys. If he wrote a cowboy, I don't, I don't no? think the genre makes a difference. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not an Ellis fan, really. So, Actually, I'm not currently, and I used to be. I miss. <laughs> I miss Transmetropolitan. So and th- th- that question leads into our next email from Phil, um, which was absolutely shocked at the April 9th episode to hear that none of us have picked up Phil, and he can't recommend remediating, re- remediating this enough. Um, he's a War Zellin fanboy that he admits, but um, this is quite honestly the best work he's ever done. That's, that's saying a lot. And thinking it will read better in trade merely proves that you guys have no clue what this book is about. Let him explain. The whole point of Fell is to be a cheaper book, 199. That's also slightly shorter, 16 pages plus the bonus stuff at the end. But tells a full story in every issue. Almost every page is 9 to 12 panels in order to maximize the amount of story Ellis can stuff in one issue. This is by far one of the best books on the market right now, and you guys seriously owe it to yourself to check it out. Ellis has said he's unsure whether or not it'll honestly be collected in a trade. It'll probably will be at some point, but there's definitely not the ideal w- way to read it. Um, and he hopes we give it a shot. Keep up the great work. Um, he does his own podcast that you can hear at evilavatarradio.com. Um, it's about video games, but he likes comics too. Um, and I haven't checked it out yet, Phil, but I will. And I can't speak for the other guys. But um, I mean, the thing is, is that he he makes a compelling argument, and 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 I, they all have. I've never yeah. received so much vitriol as on a book. Right. I believe <laughs> I was called a tool. Yes, you were. Uh, not, not uh, and, that, and, and 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 no, but that that because I did I spoke out of turn. I think I didn't have enough information on it. Um, you know, typically I haven't read a Warren Ellis book in a long time that I've liked a lot. That's that's just and that's that's my taste. It's not to say he's bad. It's not anything, but his his stuff isn't really doing it for me anymore. And and I was I mean, like I said before, gigantic uh, Transmetropolitan fan, and 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 likewise, you know, I like I loved the Authority back then. But I think after that, his child his style changed a little bit. Uh, I'll give this book a try. I, I I will. I just I haven't seen it like uh to pick it up or thought about it when I'm in the store. But listen, you guys have all said to buy it. I'll buy an issue. I'll give it a try. And then you know, I'll give you my honest opinion. And so. I, over the past couple of weeks, as it keeps coming up, I've stopped and looked at it in the store, and I look at the cover, and I flip through it, and, I, and I'll be honest with you folks, I have no desire to read it. Um, but considering the vitriol, maybe I'll try to read it in the store and see if I'm, um, you know, buy, it, buy into it. I've never been a huge Alice fan. I appreciate, you know, the work he did, but, yeah. I Connor, have a problem with buying books in the middle, even if they're not yeah. meant to be continuous. I just... You also have a problem with being told what to do. I do. Yeah. I don't so. like being told what to do. <laughs> Screw you guys. Anyway, so all right, we're running we're running long, so let's get to the last question here. Um uh Jamie wrote us um asking if any of us gets the magazine Men's Fitness. 
No. Which is just hysterical, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, Actually, I, th- I think I've probably bought it once or twice. And I'm not surprised. Um, although, he says that the magazine does have a lot of sex talk in it, so even though he's still out of shape, it has its perks. <laughs> no, but, I, no, no, I'm, I'm married. Anyway, but um, he's writing because they, they, for some reason, they did like a Clash of the Titans NCAA kind of type thing about who is the fittest superhero in the galaxy. That's dumb. And the headline was like, before... <laughs> Before Wolverine and the Man of Steel duke it out at the box office in this summer's X-Men 3 and Superman Returns, we decided to put the comic book all-stars against each other to determine who's the fittest, most powerful, made-up guy or gal on Earth. And they got Jim McLaughlin, the quote-unquote the world's preeminent expert on imaginary comic book fights, to preside over the hardcore slug, slugfest. And his first question is who, is the McLaughlin, who this McLaughlin guy is. Um, and Jim McLaughlin, Next issue. Jim McLaughlin, um, not not that guy, not the old guy. <laughs> he he worked for a long time at Wizard. He he used to do the the letters column at Wizard. He was one of the editors, and then recently he was the t- editor in chief at Top Cow. And I think he's moved on from there. And he also works a lot with that actor charity. Um, so he's been in, he's been in comics, but not actually com- like I don't know. He's not a comic creator, but he's no, a comic he's been a journalist, I guess. But he was an editor, so uh, whatever. So he he apparently he does whatever. He was so, a snarky guy who did the letters column. I think he was also yes. in charge of their fake their fake battles that they would do every month. Yeah. So which is um, why he's the expert. So in the in the in lieu of time, he gave us all the results. In lieu of time, we're not going to go through every one, but rather just some highlights. Uh, apparently, Hulk vs. Silver Surfer, Hulk won. Yeah, Power Cosmic, which we talked about before. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. This this is not who's more powerful, who's the most fit. Fittest, yeah. Although Jamie points out that it doesn't he didn't feel as if it wasn't a judge of who's fittest, just who's more powerful. But even then, Jamie, you're wrong because Silver Surfer is more powerful than the Hulk, but whatever. Um Spider Man versus Rogue, and they gave it to Spider Man, which and I And they also spelled Spider Man wrong, apparently. Without the hyphen, yeah. Yeah. Irving Spider Man. <laughs> um <laughs> Green Let's Lantern, see. Captain America. Green Lantern is not more fit than Captain America. Right, but but Green Lantern would take out Captain America in a fight. Right, but, but that's, he's not not more the, fit. that's yeah. not the competition. Yeah. Um, Batman, Black Panther. Ugh. And Black Panther wins. Not <laughs> even a. Batman <laughs> wins this whole thing. By the way, it yeah. doesn't matter if you ask me. No. We've got a tree of people who wins. Batman. No, no, no. Yes, JLA. Num- he has to. By, oh, most by fit. Yes, most fit. Yes, most At fit. JLA yeah. number three. Yep. And then um, I'm waving my finger right now. You can't see it, but JLA three. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's true. But it, then it goes on to to say that you know basically it ends up being that um, Hulk versus the Green Lantern and the Hulk wins. How is the Green Lantern the most second most fit person in comics? I think that they're just and it was John Stewart Green Lantern from the cartoon, not even Hal. Um, I think they're yeah. I, I think this is just a stupid men's magazine about fitness, and they basically Hulk is the bulkiest, muscly guy. You know. And why did they put Archie in there randomly? I think for humor, whatever. It's pretty lame. As Jamie says, it's pretty lame. But um, and he can't lame. he can't forgive anybody who spells it Spiderman. But um, he wanted <laughs> he wanted to know if we saw it and who we thought would win. And well, Josh thinks Batman wins. I think that somebody like the Silver Surfer or Thor always wins. Green but Lando. it's not a strength competition. Uh, well, you know, I really don't care. Let that part go. Let <laughs> yeah, that part yeah. go. You're going. Yeah. These people are all up against each other. Who who yeah. wins? Yeah. Well, obviously, then it's then it's Silver Surfer or Thor or Superman, but well, no, well, and here's why, and this goes and this goes back to this. I think it was either rift from a Seinfeld episode, or it was in a Seinfeld episode, or, or or I had an argument with somebody based off something that happened in Seinfeld. But Thor versus Superman, all right, Thor wins because Thor is a god, and Superman is a Superman. He's not a god, so. Like, when you're getting into gods and cosmic and, and entities and stuff like that, if somebody can blink you out of existence, I don't care who you are, you're blinked out of existence, you're not going to win. So, 
That's just me. Can All Thor right. do that? Why didn't you just do no, that with Ultron? Thor, Thor can. I don't know what Thor can do. Anyway, so that's all of our emails. That was a lot of emails. So um, thank you guys. If you want to email us, if you have more inane questions you want us to argue over, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We love getting emails from you guys, and we talk about it, you know, for days after you guys send it to us. So it may, it, it it brightens our day. So thank you. We're so, starting uh, to get too many to do. Yeah, we're gonna. Have some, so if, if, yeah. And, and we're going to try to try to respond to you all quickly. I know normally we don't respond until we talk about it on the podcast, but we'll try to at least let you know that we got it. And you know, But we have day jobs, so bear with us. But contact at ifanboy.com. I want right, to mention something really quickly before we go. I forgot to mention it earlier. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone noticed in Marvel Comics this week there's an ad for a DVD of The Avengers. Okay. I did see that. Thirty twenty nine ninety nine for every Avengers comic over the past forty years on DVD. Oh, they've been doing that for a while. I have I have all the Spider Man comics on CD actually. That's a really great, really great deal. Yeah, it's it's, it's and the Spider Man collection is pretty cool. Although it was interesting because I. I, I I got the Spider Man one as a gift a couple of years ago, and so it was before they were putting them on DVDs. And it was interesting because they were all in PDF format, and there wasn't like a reader, or there wasn't mm-hmm. like a menu. It was very kind of bare bones, but right. it was all the content. Um, and I'm well, pretty it's sure every com- 535 comics plus annuals yeah. up to December of 2005. It's yeah, that's really bucks. cool. That's really cool. If somebody wants to buy us this, we'll review it. <laughs> no, I, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> no, you have to, I'm on, I'm I on issue the, 320. <laughs> I have all the Cerebus comics here on my hard drive, and I'm just yeah, like, I didn't uh, even touch those. Yeah, no. but whatever. What can you do? There's also outdated ads for these. If, if it was at the back of a bunch of books. There's there's uh, for the Burton U.S. Open Snowboard Championship that came out in all the books this month, air, uh, advertising something airing on April 15th. Oh well. What can so you do? every single ad missed the date. Way to go, comics. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's bring this. Let's bring this mother home. Um, Frapper, uh, Frapper map, f a r p p r dot com slash ifanboy. Um, Connor, how are we looking there? Uh, One thirty three. We, we literally just have somebody join while we're doing the podcast. Oh, cool! While we're doing the podcast, look at that instant, instant. Um, since we did so many emails, we won't call out people on the Frapper map, but you can go check it out. And there's a lot of people there. And, and we actually had a really slow week. There's only there's only about three people that joined since since last yeah. week. So. And if we hit the apex. <laughs> no, because we know there are more people downloading it than hitting the Frapper map. So there you go. As, as long as there's a gap between those two numbers, I, I won't be happy. All right. But, um, so Frapper.com slash iFanboy. You can click the link on our site. Um, come to the site, iFanboy.com. There's, as usual, some great discussion. Right, guys? Yes. Yes. Even though it, you missed, it, the, even though you left me alone all week to fend, to fend the the, it, the users it, by myself. It went on on its own, like yeah. like like an automaton of its own devices. It was so, pretty cool. Yes. So, um, all right. So, anything else that we're missing, or no? Nah. Oh, I think we've talked enough. Yeah, I think we have too. <laughs> my, jaw, my jaw hurts from all this yapping. So, all right. Well, have a great week, and um, be sure to come to the site. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you thought of Daredevil and the other comics this week, and uh, we look forward to talking at you again next week. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye.